Welcome back to the Grunge Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Whiskey Stevens, and today we're talking about tech mysticism, digital witchcraft, and hacking consciousness. So a few years ago, I had read an article titled The Mystic in Silicon Valley Attempts to Hack Consciousness. And I immediately was hooked on this idea that technology can be used for magic and that magic can assist and be used to innovate the expansion of technology and its uses. Human beings have birthed technology and it's evolving faster and faster every single day. We have Elon Musk's Neuralink Corporation, which is a neurotechnology company developing implantable brain-machine interfaces. (laughs) And we have quantum computers becoming what we have truly envisioned them to be. It can be easy to just flow, you know, with the rise of technology and not really question how we as humans will be able to use technology and if it has any place in magic. Consciousness is an awareness. It's what we experience as our own thoughts, feelings, and memories. And hacking consciousness has been happening in the magical community for a long time. It's kind of the tech world that was catching up to that. Chaos magic has the principle of gnosis, and gnosis kind of means knowledge. In chaos magic, if you enter into an altered state of consciousness, it is to ultimately learn something and bring back some knowledge. So you're not really just going, you know, out of your way to get blasted out of your mind on psychedelics. And you're not just going to do some intense breath work only to get lost. You're doing it for a reason. You have the purpose of retrieving knowledge. In traditional witchcraft, people have used flying ointments in order to move from one state of consciousness to another. In Africa, there is the aboga root, and in Siberia, tribesmen consume a mushroom known as the fly agaric. Aside from ingesting anything, there are other methods of hacking consciousness, such as meditation, breathwork, meditative yoga flows, shocking the body with cold water, sex, and so on. So how can we use technology to hack consciousness and vice versa? Interestingly enough, an international team of researchers have now been able to achieve real-time communication with people in the midst of lucid dreams, a phenomenon that is called interactive dreaming. And basically what they do is they put these... uh, you know, electromagnetic things onto the brain. So they're tracking the sleep and they're able to communicate with the people that are sleeping. Uh, According to an article from Vice, participants in the study were able to correctly respond to questions such as simple math problems while they were deep in the throes of rapid eye movement sleep, also known as REM sleep. The research reveals a relatively unexplored communication channel that could enable a new strategy for empirical exploration of dreams. Now, automatically, after I read this, I thought about the show Futurama. Uh, It's a show that's also made by the same person that makes The Simpsons. And in the show, it's so far into the future that people are getting advertisements while they're sleeping. They're getting advertisements in their dreams. 
So in the future, big corporations are hacking dreams in order to sell their shit. And I can't help but wonder if this is where it's all going to be going, right? Like, I would not put it past them. We also, of course, uh, we again, we have the Neuralink from Elon Musk. So basically, he wants to put something in our brains that makes learning faster you know, storing information easier, we'll be able to store more information, and basically it sounds like we we will becoming, you know, we'll become more and more like computers. Uh, So, you know, that's a direct hack on the physical brain. But would it actually expand consciousness? I guess we'll have to see if it really works. So is there a way we can use technology as it is today to help us enter into altered states of consciousness in order to acquire more knowledge and thus use that knowledge in our magic. Sure, you know, every day people are using YouTube in order to listen to music and guided meditations, and they kind of slip away into different state of mind. Another meditation that I found interesting is that you can actually, on your screen, you can pull up Uh, what looks like numbers and they float by on the screen and if you stare at it for a long time you will enter into this meditative state so it's kind of similar to the fireplace television channel only it's zeros and ones floating around on the screen so something else scientists are doing these days uh, that I want to quickly mention before I move on to tech witchcraft and different ways that we can use technology in our craft today is they're doing actual mind hacking, which is also known as transcranial direct current stimulation. It's utilizing biofeedback in order to monitor the heart, blood pressure, and brain mechanisms. All of this so that we can identify and utilize our peak performance states as human beings. And I'm sure that you know, this will be interesting in the future when we can kind of see which days that we're functioning on better than others or which times. And we can designate those times for times when we are practicing our magic. So it's kind of like when you have a social media schedule and you know which time is best to post in order to become boosted in the algorithm. Now you'll be able to actually hack your body in order to know when the best time is to perform a spell in order to have boosted energy. So peak performance tech witches are going to be a thing. (laughs) Okay, so how can we use technology in our witchcraft to assist our magic? Of course, it's a lot easier these days to learn different things. All we have to do is type a question into Google. But that also limits the personal interaction, and today there are still practices that are only handed down by word of mouth. But we can use our phones or laptops as channels for our energy, and we can use them for scrying. Depending on how hooked you are, you know, to your devices, you might be on them all day long. Whether you realize it or not, you are giving them your energy. And I loved this concept from American Gods that talked about the old gods and the new gods and how the new gods were things like social media and virtual reality. 
because people give them all of their time and energy. It's completely accurate in my opinion, and unless you consciously want to be worshipping these things, sorry, unconsciously want to be worshipping, wow, wow, okay, unless you unconsciously, <laughs> unless you unconsciously want to be worshipping these things, you must become aware of just how much time and energy they take from you, and where that energy actually goes. So this is kind of where I start to geek out because now that I'm actually on a real sleep schedule, I know that I have about 15 hours during the day that I'm awake. So I have 15 hours of energy a day to spend. If I watch a few YouTube videos, open a bunch of tabs on my computer, open the Kindle e-reader, start to go down a rabbit hole, reading different blogs, reading, you know, a Reddit thread, replying to people on Instagram, and uh, I get on TikTok, you know, because I can get sucked, really get sucked into watching quick little videos on TikTok. Suddenly, I've just spent half of my energy reserves for the day. Something that I've started doing weekly is I go back through my recently watched videos on YouTube and through my history on my laptop and I see what I'm actually giving my energy to and if it is necessary. Like, did I learn from it? Did it help me reach my goals? Did it make me laugh? If not, I have to learn to stop giving my energy to those topics or spend less time in that area online. You can also track how much time you spend on apps and your phone will give you a little report. The first time I did that I was shocked um, because I started becoming aware of what I was doing. It was kind of like, you know, before I was becoming aware of it all, it was a free-for-all. I was just doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, opening up all the apps and it was completely like all my time was being sucked away. I was the kid in the candy shop and the online world was my playground. And then I kind of wondered why everything else around me was falling apart. Like my room wasn't tidy, I hadn't gone for my walk outside, you know, things like that. So if you can actually pay attention and control your energy flow online, then technology can actually work for you, not against you. And especially in your magic, energy is so important. So you can also scry with technology, and scrying with technology is fascinating because, of course, it can be done when the screens are turned off, and can be, they can be used sort of like a black mirror, looking into it and softening the gaze until images and thoughts come through to you. Of course, you can also turn on the computer, and kind of like the meditative image with the numbers, you can also fill the screen with an image of water, or fill the entire screen with another color, combining color magic and tech together in which to scry into. Another way which magic and tech come together is through sigils and image-based magic. Sigils can be traced onto our devices with our fingers in order to enchant them. If you want to make sure your energy is going to the right places online, or if you want to turn your cell phone into a gadget of protection because you carry it around with you all day anyway, you can do that with a sigil. You can have a sigil as a screensaver. 
and you can also use emojis as spells. Perhaps a set of emojis means that you are guarded against a certain energy. And then, of course, we also have digital art. It's something that can be used to convey emotion to other people. And emotion is a huge part of spell work. And if you really wanted to hex somebody. Now, the way a hex works is that you have to pierce through the etheric double. And one way to do that is to affect the person directly through emotion. You can do that through digital art online. Art has always conveyed emotion. And now it can reach even more people. If you want to set your social profiles up for success and you want to build a community around your work, perhaps you use certain artwork, colors, and sigils on your social platforms. This is also how big corporations sell us things with emotion and product placements. And it ca all kind of casts into our minds through the technology that we use today. And I've talked about this before on my YouTube channel, but um, sometimes I practice YouTube romancy. It's kind of where I will go to a channel that I like, and then I will just close my eyes and I'll scroll down through the videos until I feel like opening my eyes and whatever video I've landed on is what I will watch. Usually I get something good out of it. It's kind of like bibliomancy, but it's through YouTube videos. Also, I couldn't have, you know, had this podcast episode and talk about tech magic without talking about the way we are delivering magic these days. The fact that I can hop onto YouTube and watch a horoscope reading or a pick a card reading, or I can watch my favorite witch teach me a new spell is incredible. And we have people teaching magic online and teaching tracks, such as Temple of the Silver Star. And you can have a mentor that lives in a whole other part of the world. And the energy that can be conveyed through a live on Instagram or a live on TikTok is something that I would call magic. People are using social media and their devices every single day to build communities. And that, of course, brings us to creating a digital egregore. If you are in the occult community and you are using social media and you're putting your work out there, you're branding yourself, working your magic, maybe you sell tarot readings or whatever you're doing, you are creating an egregore. And I recently had a social media coach tell me that you can either create the image you want for yourself or people will create one for you. And well, I guess I should mention the coach in case anyone listening is maybe looking for social media help. I don't know, but it's Temperance Aldrin, uh, Alden, sorry, Temperance Alden from Wild Woman Witchcraft. Uh, she also wrote the book um, Ye Year of the Witch. Uh, which I'm planning to do a book review on shortly. Um, but anyway, so thinking about a digital egregore, that image that you create for yourself is something that actually lives on in other people's minds. It has energy all its own, in a way, and it's fascinating. And I'm going to make a whole video about 
creating a digital egregore on my YouTube channel, I think, um, because I've really gone down some rabbit holes thinking about this over the last few days. Okay, so, yes, I've been kind of jumping back and forth, but before this podcast ends, let's go back to the whole tech world hacking consciousness for a minute. More than a thousand Googlers, you know, more than a thousand Google employees have been through a training called Search Inside Yourself. And they also go through these classes, uh, some of them called Neutral Self-Hacking and Managing Your Energy. They also have bi-monthly lunches conducted in complete silence, except for the ringing of prayer bells. We see that large companies are using spirituality as a way to cultivate new and innovative ideas and build better workspaces. If Google is using spirituality with its employees, it must on some level reach all the way down to those who use Google and use Google products every single day. Which, I mean, that's me, right? I'm using Google all the time. Every day I Google something. And finally, there's an amazing eight-hour talk with Terrence McKenna and Mark Pesk titled Techno-Pagans at the End of History. And it's available on YouTube. And it's the best. So if you can somehow listen to it maybe an hour or even just half an hour a day over a series of days, I do suggest it. One line said, is may the astral plane be reborn in cyberspace how cool is that may the astral plane be reborn in cyberspace one of the first thing mark pesk says in the talk is that if you took a picture of a room in 1980 and then again you took a picture of it 10 years later in 1990 It would look the same, but it would actually be very different because there would be all this extra information floating around everywhere. And that technology has changed the way that we deal with information. And that every piece of information that we consume changes us. We are forever changed by the advances in technology as it relates to how we consume information. And then how we operate in the world. So the internet is acting as this enormous accelerator. He also mentioned being aware of boundary dissolution. Where we lose ourselves in the internet. Much like one may lose themselves in psychedelics. And we must remember to come back to the body. Virtual reality can have the same kind of effect, and because of this, it's both very dangerous and powerful. And he says that to work in tech, you must work from the heart center. Or you risk creating Frankensteins or Gollins. Things that were created but don't have heart themselves. I feel this to be true when using technology for magic and mixing technology with spirituality. Without heart, you risk creating a digital egregore that is neither useful nor helpful to anyone. Without heart, the energy that you put into technology cannot be returned back to you. Or at least it cannot be returned in any positive way. 
So when we use technology in witchcraft or magic or to hack consciousness for any type of spell work or to obtain knowledge, the body must be remembered. We must remain grounded and we must check in with ourselves. If we aren't working from the heart, we will be as cold and emotionless as tech itself. And even though being human is tough and sometimes painful, our humanness is what separates us from these machines in the first place. So that kind of concludes this episode of the Grunge Magic Podcast. Um, I don't know, I, I threw a bunch of different things out at you, um, things that you can explore on your own. Techno-paganism, that, that talk is fascinating. If you can somehow listen to it, maybe through small increments, uh, and... You know, just thinking about the way that technology impacts our magic, impacts our craft, um, the way in which we can actually utilize technology instead of technology kind of using us. Um, And yeah, so I'm going to try and be back with a new episode of the Grunge Magic Podcast each and every Tuesday uh, if you'd like to listen in then. Um, And you can always message me on Instagram at WhiskeyStevens or leave a comment for me here on YouTube. Um, Or if you're listening on Spotify, you know, reach out to me through social media and I will see you again for the next episode.